0: You are Locked On College Football, your daily podcast on all things college football, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another Friday edition of the Locked On College Football Podcast. I'm your host, Patrick Kahn, with Big Ten, Ben Stevens and as always from the action network colin wilson gonna help you get ready for championship weekend it's finally here so let's start off with a game that has some pretty big implications we're gonna start in the big 12 oklahoma iowa state is iowa state gonna do the unthinkable
1: are they gonna find a way to jump into the final four can I just say here, out of all the conference championship <laughs> games, the host of Locked On Longhorns decides to start with the Big Twelve title game with a team that shouldn't be ranked sixth and a two-loss Oklahoma team that shouldn't be in the top ten. In Indiana sitting at 11th. Regard, sorry, Colin, I just had to say. Come on, Indiana. Uh, they lost. Yeah, I, to... I might have said that on this. I might have said
2: that on this podcast before. Iowa State's only won nine games twice in their history, like hundred and fifteen year history. So, for them to win like 10 games is like, it's going to be epic. It'll be the greatest year in Iowa State history. Uh, I think, really, the narrative that's been built around this game is that Oklahoma's absolutely going to win this game because their defense is playing much better and Spencer Rattler has matured. And I think that's really kind of a false narrative if you look at the advanced stats. So, uh, you know, Rattler against Iowa State in that loss. He had a 58% success rate. He threw for 300 yards. He was only hurry. He had three quarterback hurries and two sacks put upon him. And that's the handicap on Spencer Rattler. You get pressure on him. He makes mistakes. He's not comfortable. But those are the same numbers that he's gone through with Baylor, Oklahoma State, and TCU since that Iowa State loss. Uh, Baylor had four sacks, one hurry. Rattler, 57% rate. Rattler, 58% success rate against Oklahoma State. He had 332 yards against TCU. Uh, You know, even though he'd been sacked once and had two quarterback hurries, So I think it's false narrative to uh, sit there and say that Oklahoma's offense has gotten much better and much more comfortable because it's really producing at the same rate. Really what decided that game was the Oklahoma defense giving up explosive plays in the second half. Iowa State punted once. Uh, Iowa State scored every single time. And two of them were like explosive drives, like right off the bat. I believe there was a two play drive, four play drive for 55 yards, Uh, They gave up a three play drive for 75 yards and they gave up a kick return for 63 yards to put Iowa State in field position at the uh, Oklahoma 13. That was the difference in the game. So if you want to look at the differences in these teams, can Iowa State be that lucky or be that explosive or have that kind of return game? Something they haven't done all year. I don't know about that. What I do know is that Brees Hall is one of the best running backs in the nation His yards per play game over game have, have, have proved that. And Oklahoma is 124th on defense in standard downs against explosiveness. What does that mean? A standard down is where it's like first and 10, second and seven, third and four. That is a standard down. If you fall behind that yardage, you're in a passing down. Oklahoma has been god-awful. I remember, there's only 127 teams playing, 124th defending explosiveness in a standard down. So what that means is, is you can fool them, and if you fool them in a play, they will bite, and you can hit them for big yards. Mm. I like Iowa State in this game. The market is telling me there's a massive tug of war at five and a half. Uh, the Oklahoma backers are trying to get that down to four and a half. The Iowa State backers, like myself, want this to be at six and a half to buy a, you know, a juice seven. I don't think it's going to get to either. I don't think either of the fan base is going to get what they want. More than likely, I may end up playing this live. Iowa State is the side that I want. I am not seeing an increase on either side of the ball from Oklahoma that tells me that they're that much improved since the time that they met each other before.
1: I'm not going to pull a Patrick Kahn and go right to my conference. I will ask you later about the Big Ten title game, although I hope we get to that contest between fourth-ranked Ohio State and 14th-ranked Northwestern. Let's go to the SEC title game, the nightcap of conference championship weekend. Bama and Florida, the number one Crimson Tide, a 17-point favorite. Do you think Florida can cover that spread, Colin Wilson?
2: I think the number is absolutely inflated. Uh, I know that you should bet Florida at 17 if you're an investor. Just – Let's not talk Alabama, Florida. Let's just talk investments. I don't care if it's stock market, if it's Bitcoin, if it's gambling market, it doesn't matter. For a game to go from 10 to 17 in a span of eight days, uh, that doesn't happen this time of year. It happens on game one and game two in the college football season because we're learning about teams. For that to happen this time of season is just, you have to think of the number of things that had to happen for Florida to lose that game besides the Cade-York bomb. Besides the Marco Wilson shoe throw, there that game started off in a look ahead line Alabama minus 12 and a half after Alabama got done whipping Arkansas. By the time the Florida game was done, it had already been up to 17. So you're telling me a one game sample of losing as a 23 point favorite on your home field is worth moving an Alabama point spread from 12 and a half to 17. So just as a market investor, let's not get emotional about how Florida's defense sucks because it does. Let's not get emotional at the fact that Kyle Pitts wasn't out there and they couldn't beat LSU and LSU only brought like 50 scholarship players. The number is crazy. Now, if we do look at the Florida defense, I said it's terrible. They're 95th in tackling, they're 87th in rushing success rate on defense, they're 92nd in pass coverage. That's not going to fly against Alabama. Now they do have Florida does have a shutdown corner. Uh the the Elam kid, Kay or Elam can. Guard Devontae Smith. I hate to say that the kid could win the Heisman, but Elam is good enough to limit what Devontae Smith wants to do. But that doesn't stop John Mechie and that doesn't stop the other weapons that Mac Jones, the Mac Jones is just as good with the pressure without. I expect Alabama to score as many points as they want to score. Florida is not going to do anything to stop that. And so the team total on Alabama is 45. This is totally a 50 burger spot. For Alabama if Florida's offense is capable so let's talk about that side because really is can Florida cover the 17 the best slot corners are the ones that can shut down Florida and I know this is going to sound crazy I said it earlier on another show and I thought the host's face was just going to fall off on screen Tennessee laid down the template what (laughs) Tennessee lost 31 to 19 to Florida yeah I, I Tennessee laid down the template and what they did is they played two safeties and they dropped. A, they played an extra corner and put him on Pitts and, and Kadarius Tony in the slot, and it limited the Florida offense completely. It was like a blueprint for how to defend them and keep them at bay. A top thirty cornerback in the nation in slot coverage per PFF is Malachi Moore. He is the third cornerback for Alabama. They're going to line him up on Kyle Pitts. I think Kadarius Tony has a monster game, monster game. They're going to be able to find him all over the field. I think Kyle Pitts is going to have Malachi Moore assigned to him. Overall, I'm going to stick with my initial assessment. The number is way too high. Kadarius Tony is the reason Florida scores enough. The best bet is that Saban is going to score as many points as he wants. The more Dan Mullen scores, the more uh, – Saban's going to put up two touchdowns for every one of Dan Mullen's. <laughs> I think this is Alabama team total over, and that is fueled by the fact that I think Florida can cover because Kadarius Tony's is going to go crazy. All right, well, let's. Uh,
0: I'm gonna steal some thunder here, Big Ten Ben. I want to go straight to the Big Ten championship. Obviously, we're talking about Northwestern. We're talking about Ohio State. A lot has been made about this game, specifically on the Indiana side, feeling like they got burned by the Big Ten. You got to put the big money dog in. Uh, yep. <laughs> how? So,
2: how much is Ohio State winning this football game by? Not saying Ohio State doesn't, you know, shouldn't be in the playoff. Their talent, they should be in the playoff, but you know, the the system's
1: broken. Let's all oh, just for sure. There, right? Oh, yeah. I can even say that. As a Big Ten guy, I know the system is broken and the system is favoring the cream of the crop of the Big Ten conference. But the system is broken. And I and I'm an SEC
2: alum that got two SEC teams into the playoff before. So it's it's broken. It's broken. Yeah. So yeah. with that being said, this was the toughest game for me to handicap. I will fully admit that I have zero dollars on this game, and I'm not sure where I'm going to play this from because let's look at Northwestern. It's good on good with the Northwestern defense against the Ohio State offense, and that's really defensive coordinator Mike Hinkwitz. This will be his last season. He's retiring uh, after being defensive coordinator for Northwestern since 2008. But I go back and I see his battles against Ryan Day. Ryan Day's been calling play since 2017 for Ohio State. And two years ago in this spot, Northwestern was covering most of the game, and then a fourth-quarter late score – Ryan Day finally figured out what to do. A late score is what got that. I believe the spread was 17 and a half, uh, 16 and a half. It floated, but that's what got that Ohio State victory in the bags. And trust me, it was just like this game. It was 90% tickets, Ohio State, 90% money, Ohio State. Game hovered 16 and a half to 17 and a half. Late score on Northwestern's you know defense, and that's what got the cover home. So it feels a lot like that. Last year in a 52 to three victory, Ryan Day threw out completely different schemes, the way that they released tight ends, the way that they lined up formations, and blew Northwestern out of the water. So there are things with Northwestern's defense that bother me. Now, I say I don't have any money on this game. I'm about to talk myself into some money. If you look at the best offenses that Northwestern has faced, per SP+, Purdue is 34th and Nebraska's 38th. Two completely different offenses. One's a passing offense. One is a rushing offense. If you look at Purdue passing team, they were terrible on standard downs, but they were excellent in passing downs. They had seven passes of 15 plus yards against this great Northwestern defense. So half of the rushing attempts were stuffed, and we expected that. Nebraska, a running team, 62% success rate in standard downs, but they averaged five and a half yards per per play and on rushing attempts of seven runs, they, they had 12 plus yards, uh, gained 12 plus yards on seven runs. So Nebraska had their way running the ball against Northwestern. Purdue had their way running the ball against Northwestern. Uh, they do have the ability to cause havoc, turn the ball over and score themselves. But really, I think this is just a whole thing of Ohio State. Once they get the rust shaken off after the first quarter, I think they're going to explode at some point. The best value play Is it Northwestern gets some sort of fluke touchdown? Great field position. Maybe special teams contributes here. Maybe we get a live line down below 14, and that's when you want to buy in on Ohio State. Can Peyton Ramsey contribute to the over? That is a really, really tough question. You go through this kid's game log, and it's just – it's like he brought a pea shooter to a shotgun party. I mean, it's just dinking and dunking, and there's nothing deep. The success rate isn't great. The air yards under his passes are not great. I don't know how Northwestern covers this game. I don't know how this game goes over because Northwestern can't hold their part. As you're getting ready for the championship weekend, whether it's a championship game or
0: it's one of these extra games that they've added, it is the perfect time to chill. And what do I do when I want to chill, when I'm watching college football, when I'm watching college football this weekend, I'm going to reach for the beer that's made to chill. I'm talking Coors Light. Cold filtered, cold lagered. It is the only beer that it's time when it's time to chill. I mean, I think Ben, I think you agree with me when it's time for you to chill out. That's what you're reaching for.
1: I'm reaching for it because Coors Light is the official beer of watching any college football game, but especially on conference championship weekend, just to drink a beer, whatever conference you like the most, whatever game you care about the most, whatever game you have the most money on flip through the channels, crack open a, cold Coors Light, have it right by your side and drink it. And you can have a lot of Coors Light right by your side because when you go to get.coorslight.com, you can get Coors Light in its new look delivered straight to your door. You don't even have to leave your house. You can get Coors Light in its new look delivered straight to your door at get.coorslight.com. That's what the Coors Brewing Company in Golden, Colorado gives to you. The opportunity just to sit back, relax, watch college football, and chill. We will celebrate responsibly. We will enjoy our final weekend, the conference championship weekend of college football, and we will do it all with the beer that is literally made to chill, that's Coors Light. All right, as you enjoy the weekend of college football
0: championship, we can make sure you're tuning in to the Lockdown College Football podcast on Monday. Candace Cooper will be back to recap all the weekend's action as we get ready for the postseason. Uh, and also coming up next, we are actually going to get that
1: locked on lock of the week. From our man, Colin Wilson of the Ashton Network. So we finish with this. Out of all the games in conference championship weekend, whether it's a title game or one of the other games, what is Colin Wilson's locked on lock for this final full weekend of college football?
2: A three and two Oregon ducks team is going to win the PAC 12 championship game. <laughs> Listen, I, I have to say it out loud and then keep myself from laughing, but uh If you look at USC, I know that everybody sees a final score that they beat UCLA, and I know everybody sees a final score that they beat Arizona and Arizona State. They struggled against Arizona, who just lost 77 and fired their coach. (laughs) They had a 4% post-game win expectancy against UCLA. Now, what does that mean? If you had played that UCLA-USC game 100 times, UCLA would have won 96 of them. That's how outrageous it was that USC just won that game. So there's a lot of smoke and mirrors going on. And if you look at USC, they lost their best running back. Now, they're not predominantly a running team, but they do need them in short yardage situation to get first downs. USC will be without their best running back. And Oregon is a team under Joe Moorhead who has done amazing things offensively. Let's just throw the defenses out. This is the Pac-12, right? We don't care about defenses. But Joe Moorhead for the Ducks has taken on a freshman quarterback they're top 10 in the nation in rushing success rate, and they're top 15 in the nation in pass explosiveness. This team is being molded into what Joe Moorhead had in mind when he took the job at Mississippi State. He's given time to build that at Oregon. Uh, I think USC has no shot of stopping an Oregon team that is top 15 on third downs. USC's like outside the top 50 on defense. Oregon wins this thing outright. Don't even need the points. Wait, don't
0: doubt the Ducks. When it comes to the Pac-12 Championship, our man, Colin Wilson, as he does each and every week on the first segment of the Locked On College Football Podcast. Thanks uh, once again, Colin, for giving us the insight and telling us where to lay our money this weekend. Thanks for having me, guys. All right. Well, you heard it from Colin. Locked On Log of the Week. He's taking the Ducks over USC. That's going to be an interesting game for the Pac-12 Championship, a game where the Ducks weren't even supposed to be in it. Right. Uh, But due to COVID, in this crazy year, that's what's happening. But let's talk about some other teams. I want to talk about the group of five real quick. Please. And uh, what's your over-under on how much the uh, playoff committee is hoping that Cincinnati and
1: or Coastal Carolina loses this weekend so they can be right? So is the over-under – the amount of teams or by how much because the over under yeah. on the want for the CFP committee to have both those team loses is at 11 out of 10. So I'd set the over under at a 10 and a half and then take the over. And then if you think both teams are going to lose, it's at one and a half and then you take the over of the two. I don't think, well, actually let me go back. We'll get to coastal Carolina and louisiana in just a second i want to start with cincinnati though because cincinnati is the team that keeps getting railroaded by the committee they are perfect they are unbeaten this year they have done what they need to do and due to some COVID issues which i don't think any college football team should be penalized for having COVID issues during this strange year of 2020 they have slid down the rankings now two weeks in a row from seven to eight to eight to nine as they've been idle they are going to come out on a mission this week in the aac championship game against tulsa who they've been scheduled to play for like three straight weeks The Bearcats, a 14-point favorite, but I think they're looking at Gary Barta and they're pointing to him. And Luke Fickle knows Gary Barta well because Luke Fickle is a Big Ten guy, the former Ohio State defensive coordinator. And they are going to say, you don't want us in the college football playoff? Well, here you freaking go. We are going to slam on Tulsa. I think Desmond Ritter is going to be fantastic in this game but mainly i hype up cincinnati's defense the second best scoring defense in all of college football the first when it comes to opponents points per play the second in total defense in all of college football i think it's like a 31-7 game something in that ballpark where cincinnati shuts down tulsa and they say hey committee even if we're not going to make the cfp this was our audition tape
0: yeah no I, i agree with you 100 and especially with luke fickle in that defense i mean that like you said that's That's his bread and butter. That's his calling card. Mm -hmm. Uh, And, you know, and maybe and I don't think that he would, but maybe this is also an audition for Luke Fickle to get into one of those top tier program jobs. Yeah. Based on what he's done at Cincinnati. I mean, if you can go to Cincinnati and build a top 10 program, uh, I think that he should be getting a job call very soon. Maybe Michigan, probably not, because he hates Michigan because he played at Ohio State. Then he coached there. Uh, but you know, I think that that is very well could be the case where he's making an audition as well. Going, look, this is what I can do for your program. Uh, and then we have Coastal Carolina. Mm-hmm. Uh, how are you? How are you feeling about that? I mean, I think it's it's interesting because Coastal Carolina played the darling BYU. Played a very close game. It came down to the final play. Very reminiscent of uh, Kevin Dyson, the Titans, and the Super Bowl being stopped.
1: Wow, what a throwback.
0: It's it's a, That is what it reminded me of. You know, and so Coastal Carolina, they beat the Darlings, and now they're still, like you said, they're getting shafted by the
1: college football playoff committee because they're not a Power Five school. Right. It's really interesting they are getting shafted because Gary Barda is saying as the CFP committee chair that losses aren't everything. We also take into account wins. Well, Cincinnati and Coastal Carolina, all they have done is win and they have beaten top opponents. Coastal has beaten top 20 opponents twice. One of those being Louisiana, the first time they met earlier this year, Coastal escaping in that game by three. If you remember Patrick Con. Way back in the beginning, when we started the Friday edition of the Locked On College Football Podcast, we didn't have any Power 5 schools to talk about at the time. We were a group of five podcasts, and I was a and Cajun supporter down to my core, picking Louisiana as my best Locked On Lock of the Week. The first two weeks we did this podcast, i go with it again. It's not my Locked On Lock, but I think Louisiana, in the Sun Belt Fun Belt Championship game on Saturday, plays spoiler to coastal they end the unbeaten season Louisiana gets revenge for losing to coastal earlier on in the year and Levi Lewis the quarterback for the Raging Cajuns puts a show to match Grayson McCool on the other side for the Chanticleers I like Louisiana in the Sun Belt Championship game
0: I'm gonna have a hard time going against the Chanticleers but I'm gonna do it I'm gonna go with Louisiana as well yes. uh I, I'm with you on both I got Louisiana the Raging Cajuns uh good buddy of mine used to be a running back there, uh, Emory Hunt. He's a good buddy of mine works at CBS now. Uh, so I'm going to stick with him and his guys, and obviously I'm going to go with Luke Fickle's group because there's not anybody in that conference that I think to challenge Cincinnati. There's not a whole lot of teams across the country that I think would challenge Cincinnati, and I would love to see them in the playoff. But it, now it brings another question of should there be expansion, and I'm sure as the offseason progresses I mean, and we are – after the bowl season is gone, I'm sure we're going to talk about that at length right here on the Locked On College Football Podcast. Uh, but coming up next, we are going to get into the big championships of the weekend. We're talking the bigs. We're talking – we'll get into that Pac-12 a little bit and the SEC.
1: Yeah, SCC ACC, Colin gave you some stuff, but we got to give you some
0: stuff as well. I mean, I don't know if you're like me, but when there's a lot of college football to watch over the weekend, sometimes there's a wall there. You know, maybe it's mental, physical, getting tired because you're waiting on the nightcap of the college football weekend with the championship game. You're waiting on Alabama. You're waiting on Florida to kick off. Best thing that I can say to do is reach into your bag and pull out that belt. Go. You got to pop that in. It gives you that energy to break through the wall. It's the great thing is there's, it's that five hour energy without the crash, you know, so it just keeps you going until the nightcap is over. And and that's why I say you got to go to builtgo.com. Use the promo code locked, L-O-C-K-E-D. You're getting 20% off of that order. And I'm sure as my man Ben right here can tell you, there's a lot more
1: reasons to go to builtgo.com. For me this weekend, Patrick, the Big Ten title game is the big noon kickoff. I am on the West Coast still, though, so that's a 9 a.m. Pacific time kickoff for the Big Ten championship game. I'm going to be having my built go early and often on Saturday morning to make sure I am up and ready for that Big Ten title game. Then we get to the ACC title game. Then we get to the SEC title game late at night. I got to be ready all day long. Built Go allows me to do that and be at my best self because Built Go makes you the best you at whatever you do. Three delicious flavors of peanut butter, honey, chocolate, coconut, and chocolate mint that not only have energy that is lasting and natural, also protein on top of that. And like Patrick mentioned, use the promo code LOCKED, L-O-C-K-E-D, at BuiltGo.com for 20% off. Again, at BuiltGo.com. Let's go.
0: As you're getting ready for this weekend's slate of games, betting on college football doesn't have to be a guessing game. If you listen to the new Locked On Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling, get daily picks, quick hitting advice to make the smartest possible wagers. Subscribe to Locked On Bets Podcast, brought to you by betonline.ag, wherever you get your podcast. All right, Ben. So let's let's dive into The games. Uh, We'll get into the big noon kickoff here shortly. Actually, shouldn't it be big kickoff before brunch? Well, for you anyway. For me. uh, Talking about being on the West Coast, having to watch a a college football game at 9 a.m. It's weird. Everything happens so early out here. It's weird. It it, it does. It does. Uh, Let's start in the ACC. Notre Dame, Clemson, number two and three in the college football playoff rankings. So before we get into who you think is going to win, could a loss by
1: either team knock them out of the top four? I don't believe so. Well, actually, let me take that back. If Notre Dame looks dominant, if they win by 7 or 10 over Clemson, I do think Clemson might be in danger of knocking out because then you have beat Clemson twice. And this time with their starting quarterback and Heisman front runner or used to be Heisman front runner Trevor Lawrence. If Notre Dame is able to pull that off, which I don't think they do, then I believe Clemson might be in danger. But if Clemson beats Notre Dame, the Notre Dame is still in the playoff regardless, unless it's like a 35 point slaughter. But I don't see that happening either. The spread as we have it from our good friends at BetOnline.ag is 10 and a half. Notre Dame is a 10 and a half point underdog in that ACC championship game. I think Notre Dame's defense is too good to not cover that spread. I just think Clemson with Trevor Lawrence back in control of that offense, Travis Etienne, who didn't play all that well in the first game against Notre Dame, they will win this game. It went to overtime, right? In the first meeting, the crazy game, one of the best games of the college football season. And that was with DJ who who is Clemson's backup quarterback. Now that you throw Clemson's starting quarterback and Trevor Lawrence, the presumptive number one pick in the NFL in there, I think Clemson wins the game. They were also without some key defensive players in that first meeting against the Irish. I just think Notre Dame has too good of a defense not to cover a double-digit point spread. It's at 10 and a half right now.
0: I am with you. I, I do think that Clemson wins. I do think that they're not covering. Uh, you know, I do think that that Notre Dame has a good enough defense to to slow bleeding a little bit. I don't I don't think anybody's picking Notre Dame to win this game. No, not anybody I've seen. And, you know, I like Ian Book. I just don't think that he is the type of player who can carry Notre Dame. Yeah, I don't think he's he's that type of player. I mean, he's he's a good player. He needs good players around him. But if if there was a guy who I think is going to put a team on his shoulders, it's Trevor Lawrence because we've seen it before. And so I'm going to go with the guy who's the experienced guy who's been here before as they get ready for the college football playoff. I'm going to go with Clemson in this game uh, by seven. I'll take seven.
1: Yeah, I think it's going to be a good game. I don't think it's going to be a blowout. And I don't think Notre Dame is out of it before we get ready because we both think they cover. But I think it will be a good game. It will be entertaining in that ACC title game. Something I don't think I can say about the Big Ten Championship, but we'll get to that. Something I also don't really think about the SEC title game. I think there will be a lot of points. I think it will be very exciting. I know the spread is lofty. I know it has moved up to 17. 17. But from what I have seen out of Alabama, these last two months of the college football season, they are the best team in the country by a large, large margin. And Florida can bitch and moan all they want. And Dan Mullen can poke shots at the Big Ten all he freaking wants. You don't lose a 23-point favorite on your home turf to a 3-6 and LSU team that has 53 scholarship players. You don't do that. You don't do that and get to complain about the college football playoff with two losses in a college football season. Regardless, I think that Alabama's offense is so, so good. They put up 45 points against a really bad Florida secondary that ranked 76th in the country in terms of pass defense efficiency. Alabama's defense, by the way, since a shaky start to the season, has turned it around. They are now the number one defense in the SEC. They also have the number one offense in the SEC. Alabama wins alabama covers i expect a 45 21 45 17 game the crimson tide are the sec champs
0: yes yes um you know last week i said that i thought florida would be a final Four team. Mm. and i was obviously wrong right you were uh, i did not see lsu coming like no uh, nobody did the shoe didn't fit in that <laughs> game um there he is. So, there he the, is, folks. But so, with that being said, I don't think Florida's got it this week either. Mm-mm. 17 points, give me Alabama. Uh, yeah, I think uh, Mac Jones is going to go out there and try to win him a Heisman and take it from Kyle Trask. And uh, I think that he is going to do it this weekend in the SEC
1: Championship. Give me Alabama 52-21. to I like it. I like it. That's two covers. Do we agree, by the way, before we get to the bigs to end out the show with Colin Wilson's assessment about the Pac-12 title game and Oregon as the underdog, winning outright Oregon, the team that wasn't supposed to be the Pac-12 North champs, but then Washington dealing with COVID issues couldn't make it, so they flew Oregon down from Eugene to the Coliseum to take on USC, and now Colin Wilson thinks they will be the Pac-12 champions after all is said and done. I'll tell you this. This is why. Hmm.
0: It comes down to coaching. Yeah i trust mario crystal ball a lot more than i do clay helton so that's why i'm gonna go with the ducks what about graham harrell though you love graham harrell i love me some graham harrell love graham Harrell. he's he's yeah. great i i feel bad for him i'm i'm sorry that you decided to attach your anchor to that sinking ship and in, in clay helton uh but he should get some opportunity soon uh you know after clay gets fired maybe he goes Goes back to Lubbock and becomes the offense coordinator at Texas Tech. Who knows? Uh, let's get into the bigs. Uh, I feel like those are our locked on locks of the week. Am I right? So I will go ahead and start with
1: the Big Ten championship. Oh, I will go. Ohio, Ohio State. This is, this is my Ohio state. state. I agree. The reason that Colin said Ohio state will cover that 20 and a half point spread is the same reason that I feel Northwestern's offense just doesn't have enough firepower to cover that spread. The defense is so good. They are third in the country in scoring defense, both when it comes to opponents points per game in total and opponents points per play. Northwestern's defense is great. They have seen a small blueprint of what Indiana did to take the ball away from Justin Fields and force him into some questionable decisions. That being said, this Ohio state team has heard the conversation about them for the past few weeks they know they have only played once since that indiana game at the end of november they want to shut people up fans media members not really the cfp committee because the cfp committee has been riding with the buckeyes all year long but they want to prove a point that they are not being given a favor we are not accommodating the buckeyes they are truly a top four team in this country i think ohio state's offense is a more dynamic outing than northwestern has seen this year I think Ohio state wins. They win big. They don't play for style points says Ryan day. They will get style points in a big 10 championship on Saturday in Indianapolis.
0: Yeah. I was going to say the, the pissed off factor is a huge factor for me and why I'm taking Ohio state in this game because they are pissed off because everybody's saying that they don't deserve it. And here's my only argument on, on that situation since me and you have never really talked about this, Mm -hmm. but my whole deal with the Ohio state issue in Indiana being screwed out of an opportunity to play for the Big Ten Championship. It would hold a lot more weight if these two teams hadn't played. But they played. And right. Ohio State won. Maybe by the slimmest of margins, a single touchdown, but they won. So they deserve to represent the division in the Big Ten Championship game. And that's all I got to say about that. And I will so we're gonna move on
1: real okay. quick, Ohio State, there are three cancellations this year, two were the other team's fault. Again, I don't believe in penalizing anybody, but Ohio State and the five games that it played in the Big Ten football regular season did exactly what they needed to do and went undefeated. There was an arbitrary rule set up for this weird 2020 year for whatever reason by the Big Ten athletic directors. That was the only thing Ohio State could not control in terms of getting to the Big Ten championship game. If you are a league that wants to have any significance for your conference title, the best team in your conference needs to play in it. Ohio State, without a doubt. Is the best team. They are unbeaten. They beat Indiana. That's that.
0: It, it, it's interesting because when the season started and we didn't think Big Ten was going to play, and then right. they announced that they're going to play, and they were like, right. "Here's the schedule," and I saw no breaks in it. I said, "This is going to turn into a nightmare by the time the season's over," and it did, it did. because you had people saying, "Oh, Ohio State doesn't belong." Ohio State saying, "We beat everybody," you know, so they're in, and, and they should be. They should be. I, they're they're a top five team without a doubt top four really i mean they're in the top playoffs, four. so they're in four. Yeah, top four uh but i am just saying top 5 team in the nation regardless right. of where they fit in the playoff ranking uh but let's let's switch now to the big 12 championship right and we got oklahoma Ohio, iowa state iowa is number 6 i have a big problem with this yeah um oklahoma is what 10th Yep, one zero. I have a problem with both of these teams being that high. Me too. For one, Iowa State, yes, they beat Texas. Don't get me wrong. Tom Herman should have been, should been fired for that game alone uh, for allowing them to win that football game. Uh, Oklahoma, who have they beaten?
1: Nobody. Oklahoma State in Bedlam. They beat Texas. Texas in, in a game they probably four, shouldn't have won. Four of.
0: I mean, yeah, maybe. I mean, you can look at it either way. But my whole point is the Big 12 was down this year. And when you look at it, at their at their resumes, and especially an Iowa State team who lost to Louisiana early on, didn't look pretty. And then you have the teams below them that are undefeated. I have a problem with this. Uh, an yep. Indiana team that lost one game to, to Ohio, Ohio State, State Yep. below them. Uh, you know, so it's tough for me, but I honestly, if – Oklahoma wins this game. I could see two Big 12 teams getting into the New Year's Six Bowls, which is going to be interesting. It's going to be really interesting. But I, like Colin, I am going to pick Iowa State in this game. This is my locked-on lock of the week right here. And my lock is not that Iowa State's going to win this game. My lock is that Brees Hall is about to go off. I think he goes off against Oklahoma in this game. Uh, only once this year has Brees Hall been held under 100 yards rushing. Once. That was against Texas. Mm. Oklahoma doesn't have the defense to stop him, in my opinion. I, I mean, I like Ronnie Perkins, and I know he's pissed off, especially because he got snubbed in the Big 12 awards and all that, and he's going to play pissed off in this game. I don't think Oklahoma can do enough to to stop Iowa State, who, who plays really well on both sides of football. Uh, really good in the trenches. So that's why I'm going with Iowa state in this game.
1: I think it's very interesting in what seems like a lot of the public picking Oklahoma now is the trendy pick in the big 12 championship game that you Colin and myself are all leading with Iowa state. I think Iowa state certainly covers that five and a half point spread. I think they could very well win outright. Those are our two locked on locks. Here's an additional one for you. Also part of big 10 champions week Rutgers at home tonight hosting Nebraska, a six and a half point home underdog Take them and then also sprinkle on the money line as well at plus 215 courtesy of our good friends at betonline.ag because Rutgers will win that football game for their fourth Big Ten win of this season. That is how I want to finish off this show, Patrick Khan.
0: That's how you want to finish it off? It almost sounds like you're trying to get Scott Frost fired nah, at Nebraska for losing to Rutgers. Oh, he's got another year? He's got another yeah. is that year? Okay. Okay, But he's got to win is, next that... year. He's got to win. He's got to win nigga. Uh yeah, you can't go through another year like this year. That's gonna be that's gonna be a rough one. Maybe hopefully he doesn't open his mouth and get scheduled Ohio State right off of the bat this next coming year. Uh but that's gonna do it for this edition of the locked on college football podcast for my man Big Ten Ben, Colin Wilson. And I am Patrick, and we will see you on next week to discuss some of these bowl games that are be coming up you are locked on college football your daily podcast on all things college football part of the locked on
1: podcast network your team every day